You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Fuck Mary Kill, oh, oh. movie edition. Oh, I love it. No holds barred. Okay. Independence Day Resurgence <laughs> and Samurai Cop Two. Hmm. I would fuck Samurai Cop Two because it's pretty to look at, and you only have to do it once. Okay. Uh, I would kill No Holds Barred, and what was the third one? You'd marry Independence Day I'd marry Resurgence. Independence Day Resurgence. Oh my god! That's right. How boring. Uh, hey, but at least it's, it's tolerable. It's safe. It's, it's, it's tolerable? <laughs> Compared to... Okay. No holds barred? Yes. All right. Fair enough. I have to kill it. Touche. It must die. <laughs> you really hate it, but I, I'm always Oh, yes, giddy. Joe. I'm I always, really hate it. I'm always happy when I walk in this room and I see it sitting on your shelf. Yeah, well, that, it's it's the lone VHS movie that I that I own now. It is. It's the it's the only one. Does any, has, have you ever had any other guests over that have seen it? Like maybe in your old house. It's not house, only something I show off. Joe. In your old house, you did. You oh. had it in the case. <laughs> it was prominently displayed, wasn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, it is a conversation starter, and then I quickly end that conversation when it happens with a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's new, man? Give me, uh, give me some new, give me some news. What happened this weekend? Oh well, I worked all weekend. That's why I can't remember what I did. Dude, this weekend. why don't you tell them about what you've worked on? No, I can't. You? Oh, you can't talk about it? No. Oh, <laughs> an NDA for that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cut well, that part out, Jeff. Cut I that part out. I can tell you guys what Joel's been working on. <laughs> He's been working on cigarettes. What? That's not true. Yeah. No. Yes, he has. I don't He's understand selling, what you mean. He's been selling cigarettes. He's creating a new cartoon uh, mascot for cigarette companies. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and he's going to start peddling this poison to your children. That's right. Look out. Yeah. I'm calling him... Uh, if, you, uh, if, you, if you create a, a cigarette Joe mascot... Joe Narwhal. <laughs> is it just going to be a cigarette sticking out of his head? That's exactly what just, it is. But what happens when it burns all the way down? Uh, he's just a whale. Get a new mascot. He's just a whale. <laughs> is that how whales get the hole he's in their magical. heads? He's magical. That's why he's Are, the unicorn of the sea. Do all, do all whales start off as narwhals? Like... Like they, in the same way that all humans start with toads, yes. like we all have tails. But in I'm the just womb. saying, like, do the horns like melt down, and that's where the blowhole comes from? <laughs> I don't think that. I don't <laughs> think the science checks out on Joel, that. Joel, yeah. I think that's it. I think we need to call Neil deGrasse Tyson. All narwhals are just young whales. Neil deGrasse Mike Tyson <laughs> punch out. Neil deGrasse Tyson's punch <laughs> that would out. be awesome. Mike deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> so you see the theory of relativity. <laughs> I'm on the starship, punch you in the mouth. <laughs> we just have the Mike Tyson thing playing in the background. As the fat coach is running next to the bike and the sun is rising. Have you seen the, the YouTube video, the racially insensitive version? <laughs> I don't think I have. Of you, Mike Tyson's punch out? You haven't? No, oh, we'll have to we'll have to watch that. Put That's it on an, the Facebook page. Another thing where I'm, no, let's not put it on the Facebook page. Oh, really? We don't want that no. representing the no, editing I mean, bay. It has the N-word in the title of the oh, video. Alright, then <laughs> we probably won't do that. Not coming soon to an episode. It, it, but if anyone's if anyone's curious, uh it's N-word stole my bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. You've seen that? I haven't seen it, but I know of it. I know of it. I know it's it's so horribly offensive. 
And I do feel terrible because it doesn't make me laugh when oh, I see it. Well, I'm let's like, oh, share it with the world then. Uh, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, How about you? D- dude, I... Um, Did you actually get a weekend, unlike I me? Got, nah, I mean, we got, we had a bit of a weekend. We're we're preparing for a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got Harper's birthday party. In fact, her birthday was That's yesterday. Right. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Two years old. Um, Terrible twos. And, uh, yeah, she, st- she, she started early. Like, there's a couple oh, yeah. of things. <laughs> there are a couple achiever. of things that she does. I mean, I love her to death. But there are some things that she's doing now that's like, oh, I really hate that habit of yours. Mm. Like she's she started with the mine. Oh, like, everything is hers. Everything. She's mine, like the seagulls mine. from uh, yeah. Finding Nemo. And we keep trying to record it so that way we could use it as a drop on the podcast. <laughs> mine. It's a mine. <laughs> uh, and she's also like tells Sarah and I to like stop it <gasps> randomly. Oh, like, no, you didn't. Yeah. That, she's like, stop it. Stop oh. it. Sometimes she'll just say it randomly, like when no one's doing anything, though. And it makes it so adorable. <laughs> like, what? Nobody was doing anything. I don't think you understand the context that you're supposed to use that in. She just knows she doesn't like something. Yeah. And that's what you say. She'll just be like, when stop you're it. displeased. But she's, man, she's so fun. She's awesome. She's adorable, dude. And we're, yeah, we're going to have her party coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. And it's going to be Moana themed. Oh, I saw it. And Sarah is like taking the reins on this thing. Mm-hmm. And she's got so many cool ideas. Yeah, sounds like I need to provide a projector. Yeah. To do some in tracing. Fact, after we get done recording, I got to go by Walmart and get her some foam core. Mm. Which, every time I say that foam core, it sounds like like some kind of weird army <laughs> like regiment. It did, yeah. <laughs> did you join the foam core? <laughs> That's right, sir. Second battalion. <laughs> foam regiment. Hi, my name's Captain Styrofoam. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, we did that, and then uh, we went over to some friend's place, and we played some games. Oh, I see how it is. Yeah. Other friends, huh? <laughs> yes. Are you talking about us? Thank you for having us over. That was really fun. We had a great <laughs> no, time. Glad, glad. On a Sunday night, too. Like, we were like, whoa, this is this feels different. Why? To be out this late, and, oh, right. and me not be at, like, a wrestling function or something. <laughs> uh, it was just to go, and, like, we just did some, we did some board gaming. Yeah, we did. What was that? It was called the, it was, it was the... Uh, the Joking Hazard. Joking Hazard. One of those it's R-rated Cyanide card games. And Happiness. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's their game. That was super fun, man. Yeah. Even though Sarah and, and Jenna were cheating. Do, uh, yeah. It was... It Dude, was I won fun. one game, so yeah. you can't complain. <laughs> I came close, though, man. You did. You were so close. close. Um, yeah, the women so, prevail. So no, thank you so much for having us over. I mean, oh, man, you guys provided dinner, and you know, then we watched like the last half of Office Space. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was, well, I like to. Uh, I, I like my uh, my evenings to be a multimedia experience. It, show. It's, it's tough for someone like me that's like tragically ADD. Yes, I'm I like, know. Uh, well, I, I can't, know. I can't. That's why I finally had to one. pause the movie yeah. during hands. Uh, but no, thank you. That was that was really. No, fun I had a good time, time man. Um, Do it again soon. I hope so. Uh, I did feel like there was at one point I told Sarah I was like. Felt like such a bad guest because we were sitting there, sitting around the table, and we're talking, and I just ran out of shit to Dude, talk about. I you got to entertain. Like, oh. We were, it, like you said, it was a Sunday night. We were all just kind of coasting. Yeah, it was, a, it was your company was enough, Jim. Oh, that's that's a wonderful lie. That was, that was <laughs> plus you brought incredible. your switch over. So. Brought the switch, and I brought it over tonight. I know. Uh, so so Jenna in the other you, room. And you do know, like the video game, like electronics nerd that I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm just sitting here going. Oh, what, I, I wonder hope, what she's playing. I wonder what she's playing. <laughs> I hope she doesn't scratch it. Don't she, scratch it. <laughs> she probably will. No, she won't. She's got nails. You know, girls. <laughs> she got nails. <laughs> no, she how knows to how to scratch switch. <laughs> That's so scratch so switch. bad. I'm so done with that. Let's get into this thing. This is Let's the editing day it. on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. No matter what the case, uh, we will watch a movie every week and then come back here and discuss it with you, our lovely editing listeners, as well as each other uh we invite you to join in on the discussion in facebook that's 
pretty much where we do all of our traffic. Uh, and Twitter. And, and twatter, Twitter, twatter, mm-hmm. twatter, twatter. The Twitter twatter of little feet. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could join in the discussion and let us know what you think about these movies. Or if there's a movie that you think that we should watch in the future, you can tell us about it on Facebook. In that search bar, put in the editing bay. It's going to bring up an image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. And then just click on that and, uh, and you're there. Uh, follow us, as they say. Um, they do say that. They do. The, and and it, and it's good that they do say that because no one would know what to do with Facebook. That's if, right. If they weren't instructing us, um, didn't I read recently that uh, Zuckerberg is like interested in getting involved in politics or something for the next election? I isn't he already? Didn't Facebook just kind of help uh, win the election? I, I thought it was Twitter. I thought I thought that twi- well, Twitter was kind of the the drug of choice for. That, Depends that on how you look at it. Depends on where you, where you get your fake news from, Joe. Some people have uh, different avenues that are on, are on the Twitter. It's my favorite kind of news. It's the fake news. Follow us, by the way, on Twitter, uh, at The Editing Bay. Uh, you had shaken up your slushy there? How's mm-hmm. that? You enjoying that? This is a, a 3D well, this is the audio experience. You get you get a drink from Sonic, mm-hmm. and like it's 50% 90% crushed ice, yes. and like... Two percent liquid. God knows what the other eight percent is. It's, I like to call straw. it. I like to call it time release drink. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like slowly that's, that's as the ice good. melts, you get more uh, water, yeah. and it mixes with the flavor that's in Which there. Which is horrible. Just like, in, it's, it's just forcing you to drink it slowly. Joe. Guys, look. What is with the ice? What What is with ice right now? Ice is great. Ice is great in everything. No, coffee, ice is good, iced but, coffee. But but this, like a whole. I have. <laughs> Feel the weight of this cup. It's understand. It's also 100 degrees it's outside, done. Joe, in the middle it's, of the summer. It's in, like I I finished the drink, and that's still that heavy. There's still uh, 13 ounces of ice, of ice. in there. Guys, <laughs> we don't need that much ice in That'll our That'll be 279 please. Good God. Thank you. Yeah. I also, I also got a tater tots on the way here. Oh, there's I another five Sonic. bucks. I love Sonic tater tots. They are great. Yeah. That's the best thing they have on the menu. Um, and the hot dog menu. Agreed. And tomorrow, mm. Dollar Dog Day at Sonic. <gasps> Is it? Yeah, you can get the chili dogs or the all-American dogs, guys. That's the one I like. A Sometimes buck. I feel like a Chicago dog. Yeah. Will they sell me one for a dollar? Hey, maybe, maybe they will. Sponsored you this week. Sponsored guys, by Sonic. the editing bay. Sponsored by Sonic. <laughs> they just don't know America's yeah. drive through We'll retroactively get to... You and I should be the next two assholes that sit in cars. Right, just sit and there. And just talk about, like, food and shit. You know what? We should just create our own series of commercials for Sonic, where we're talking about movies while eating Sonic food. Mm, crossover. Yeah. And we'll then... be like, so, Birdemic, uh, what the fuck with her dirty feet? And then what? Pass me those tots, man. That's going to be some good stuff. Step three, profit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sonic's going to be like, whoa, viral marketing. These guys must be huge on the internet. Mm-hmm. And then they'll see that we have 213 followers on Twitter. <laughs> and it's all people that were at your wedding reception. And if you're following us on Twitter, at The Editing Bay, you'll already know that the, there's a bit of a switch up this week in the movie that we're reviewing. Last yes. week at the end of the episode, we announced, uh, I wanted to do, to, pardon me, <laughs> I wanted to do, <laughs> Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes from I think 2004, 2005 with Mark Wahlberg, uh, the much hey, what's reviled all these apes? Planet of the Apes to celebrate the release of the new one, which I hear is, is getting quite good reviews. You damn dirty ape! Rounding out the trilogy nicely, um, but uh, unfortunately, over the weekend we had uh, a couple of film celebrities passing. Yeah, uh, one was um, Martin Landau, a person I thought already was dead. I thought he was totally Both of dead. us. Yeah. You, oh, you were here when we got that yeah. news, right? And I, was I was like, like, dude, Martin Landau dead at 89. No, that was Clint Eastwood. 
Also, Meanwhile, there's people that did not hear that episode. They're like, why is that funny? Clint Eastwood, not yet dead. Not yet. Unless you're listening to this episode in the future where he is dead, in which case, <laughs> Clint Eastwood, dead. dead at... <laughs> um... Yeah, and but, then and then George Romero. Yeah, yeah, the, the 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 father of modern horror. That's what he's been called. Uh, I has he? Mm-hmm. Or I, I, I read that I'd, numerous times I, today. I thought I just now made that up. No, <laughs> uh, but no, George Romero, dude. This guy is. You know, I was talking to Sarah about this. Uh, we were driving around, and when the news came down, like I was really shaken by it. I was like, "Holy shit!" When I was a kid, and I'm sure I've mentioned this already, like maybe in the last podcast, when I was a kid. We did. I had sleepovers with my best friend Sean Murphy. And we would stay up on Friday night, Saturday night. We'd mm-hmm. stay up all night watching, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. Ninja movies, which, I mean, that's my love of American ninjas, where that started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living yep. Dead, Return of the Living Dead, which wasn't a Romero film, but it was based on that that property. Mm-hmm. But, like, this dude shaped a lot of the ridiculous shit that I enjoy watching. And there's something about Romero. I mean, you can call it zombie movies, call it simple horror, but there was also a way that Romero was able to like take his material and 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 explore a little deeper. Like there was there was always something a little deeper about what it was he was creating and how he was making a statement on like where he was, what where society was at that time. Uh, and so for someone to do that and encapsulate it in like you know a zombie film. I think it was pretty pretty creative and and pretty awesome. I think a great accomplishment and uh, and someone like him, obviously his later work like Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead, not quite as not good. the strongest. No, not the strongest. But where he started, uh, he he made some great films. He was a great indie filmmaker. How many films in that series total All do right. we know? So you have Night of the Living Dead, okay. Dawn of the Dead, right. Day of the Dead, uh-huh. Land of the Dead. And diary. I think there's just five. There may be a sixth, but I think God, it's, it seemed like there were like a dozen of those. I think it's five. Well, because other people were making other movies. Like you had Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living yeah. Dead Two, Return of the Living Dead Three. That he had nothing to he do with. He had nothing to do with it. It was just that the the Living Dead part of the title, you know, where the studio owned that and so like they were trying to cash in on that in the eighties. Yeah, why not? So yeah, but I mean the dude made a lot of great films, but he made one movie. Mm-hmm. That I had always seen like the cover of in movie stores and stuff. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I never watched it, never had any desire to see it until it came time for us to pick what are we going to watch. And there is a wealth of movies for us to try to choose from. Right. I mean, there's the uh, anthology film Creep Show that we yes. could have done. Uh, Stephen King. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, why would we do that if he only directed like a 20 minute segment of it? Right. Uh, so we needed to pick a film. And I came back to this one. And it's, it had Ed Harris on the cover yeah. wearing knight's armor on a fucking motorcycle. And that's all you need to know, man. It's all, like, I'm in. I'm fucking in. It's called Knight Riders. Yep. And Not to be confused with the... There are no talking cars who solve mystery. Or no Hasselhoff, unfortunately. Don't hassle the Hoff. Unfortunately. Instead, you got his crazy-ass Ed Harris. Yes. In his film debut, apparently. Was this his film debut? Romero discovered him. Wow. How about that? I mean, that's pretty impressive. I didn't know that. And again, like trying to find what should we watch, I know we want to get back to like... Movies that neither one of us had seen. Yes. I assumed you had not seen this Of course movie. not, yeah. Uh, I can't say I've seen a Romero movie in its entirety. Really? That's not true. I've seen the original, the black and white Night of the Living. You um, should really watch yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. His That's Dawn of the Dead say. film is so good. It's probably my favorite Romero I film. I think it was his second highest rated as yeah. I was uh, doing my research today. Yeah. Um, okay, so Night Riders. Night Riders. <laughs> 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, Feels like it. 
it, it almost well, it looks almost like feels like seventy seventies. Right? Yeah, it almost feels like it was like from the from the late seventies. Uh, but nineteen eighty one, and it's about like if you have a Renaissance fair in your <laughs> like town or in in your. Uh, metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. If there's like a place like we here in Texas, one. in Dallas, uh, we have a place called Waxahachie, about an they, hour away, right? Uh, thirty minutes. Well, depends it's, on where. Yeah, it's just thirty minutes. When I lived in Plano, it was an hour away. Uh, and uh, and they do a thing called Scarborough Fair every mm-hmm. year. Are you going to San Francisco? <laughs> uh, so so yeah, basically, it's like one of those Renaissance fairs. But if it traveled around the world like a circus, like if it traveled across the land, uh, and instead of horses. They rode motorcycles. They all used motorcycles. Which and is, even the little side carriage cars, too, which I appreciate. Yeah. They're Ben-Hur the, style. The, uh, well, oh, I was calling, like, I was going to call it Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Also so. that, yes. So the, so th- this movie is about these carnies, these medieval uh, Renaissance festival carnies that travel from town to town. And the the complications that arise when somebody keeps wanting to do things his own way. Uh, and has a hard time kind of letting go, uh, while he's also trying to keep his group on track. It's very interesting. Like I, I have, I'm having a hard time summarizing it, uh, but only just to say, like this is basically an allegory of the King Arthur legend. Yeah, done as these carnies on motorcycles, mm-hmm. and I liked it. <laughs> yes, I liked this movie. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> and apparently, like like the idea to use motorcycles instead of horses wasn't even Romero's idea. It was the producer that he'd worked with. He initially just kind of wanted to tell this story of Renaissance Fair and, and like the family behind it. Yeah, uh, and kind of the struggles and the drama. Um, but for me, like that's kind of what makes it. Yeah, is the fact that they're all on motorcycles. It, it, it makes it so unique. Yeah, uh, and also like. It's- the the amount of practical stunts that are being performed in this film oh my god are staggering so many motorcycle stunts and like three big action set pieces mm-hmm. throughout that go on for like 10 15 minutes yeah. with just like motorcycles going everywhere and and, and again filmed in 1981 uh-huh. i heard somewhere that his his first cut of this film was like 17 hours 17 hours they had like so yes. much footage i guess and i believe it like this movie is way that if I if I can come out with like one of my first major bits of criticism, oh yes, it's way too long. Well, I mentioned that earlier in the week when I texted you. I was like, hey, uh, you notice this thing's two hours and twenty six <laughs> minutes. Twenty six. I don't think that includes uh, credits because uh, I, it it took me a long time to watch this afternoon. You know, but there aren't many credits. Like this is one of those movies that front loads the movie with yeah. the credits. Yeah. But then at the end, you still get like the cast again and like some of the main the main crew members. It makes it go by easier. Um. So where do we start with this? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, so you've got Ed Harris is kind of like your King Arthur character, yes. Billy. And like immediately, I was kind of taken aback. And my cynicism, this fed into my cynicism of the movie. I did not think I was going to like this film, Joel. I didn't think so either. I thought it was going to be campy, yeah. schlocky. And when it, the movie starts and Ed Harris is waking up like in the forest. Yep. And he's in the river naked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, he's ba- and I'm like... Wait, so is this medieval time? That's what I thought, too, and I think they're intentionally kind of trying to lead you that way because uh, he's, he's putting his clothes on, and yeah. you can tell it's all kind of very uh, medieval times. Uh-huh. I don't see a lot of technology. And then there's like that, he gets uh, the queen, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? Uh, Linet. Linet. Lynette. Lynette. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets, you could see she like mounts whatever it is he's on, yeah, and she then does. suddenly it's just like this cool like rock and roll pan down, and he's on a motorcycle, <laughs> yes. and he takes off, and I'm like, okay, this dude is on full armor, he's in full armor. It's a weird like sort of steampunk, yes. except not really, but it felt like that. Uh, and and on we go, and he meets up with like 
the rest of his carny folk, and they're putting on its Renaissance Fair time. Yeah, and there's people coming in buying like corn and food and and all mm. this stuff and beaded the, things, yeah, and hemp necklaces and and swords. Yep. And, oh yeah, and hacks like what do they call them? The, the hatchets. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, they're they're putting on a show, and you got Tom Savini, who. If you don't know the name, you'll you'd know him from stuff like From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, that's where I knew he him as the guy. Sex machine. He's got the, the 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 gun in his dick. Yes, or in his pants anyway. Uh, and he's a, a classic B movie actor. Not only actor, but stuntman, uh, makeup artist, and makeup artist. Yeah. Uh, and so, and he's a guy that that Romero has used all the time. In fact, this movie is kind of like a who's who of actors that have worked with Romero through the years. Oh yeah, yeah, like Ken Forey, the guy who plays Little John, the mm-hmm. black guy who plays Little John. He was one of the main characters from Dawn of the Dead. Oh, and Rob Zombie used him a bunch in uh, in like the uh, the Devil's Rejects. So like we we open up Tom Savini's kind of like you know he's handling the crew a little bit and they're doing little stunt shows on their motorcycles or whatever. And then Ed Harris shows up just in time to see the the carnies getting harassed by the deputy sheriff. Yo, that's right. Who's the cops. Like, you know I need to see your permit. Roscoe P. Coltrane. I shows don't care up. who signed it. And and basically he wants a payout. He's, exactly. trying, he's trying to blackmail them or whatever, extort money from them. Yes, because everybody knows the traveling <laughs> carnies is where the bank is at. Got to get that dough, and that he, bread. And here's the thing. like, I would have thought maybe there's an evolution to Ed Harris and his intensity. Nope. That, that maybe. Nope. <laughs> Ed Harris has been playing that intensity <laughs> at a 12. He came out of the gate. His entire career. This, oh, he is giving a, a, a performance de jour, too. Uh, and really, I think... His casting in this film is kind of what elevates it. It yeah. bumps it up the scale at least one point. Like if this is an eight without him, it's a nine with him. Well, I feel like if you cast anybody else in this film, mm-hmm. if you cast anybody else in that character, they'd be Bruce Campbell. It would be silly, right? You know? yeah. yeah. I feel like anybody else would be silly. I feel like Ed Harris is the only person that would have the gravitas <laughs> to like make this character like serious and seem real. Yeah, yeah. He's really giving it his all. Um, I don't know yeah. that anybody kind of told him what this movie was supposed to be about. He was just like, I, I have one note, and I'm doing it. <laughs> and this is it. This I will make you it. care about motorcycle jousting. Yeah. And he does. I, I cared. And he I does. loved it. I, I loved it. When they came in, they started doing the jousting on the motorcycles and the battles and how they were. I guess the element that I, that I liked about it was that it's a lot like wrestling. These people are really like living the lifestyle. Well, they're living the lifestyle, but they're still family and they're still taking Absolutely. care of each other. And so like but they dirt they live the illusion, mm-hmm. but they know the rules, yep. which is really cool. It's cool to see that. Like in 1981, we're talking like 19 years before Vince McMahon finally lifted the curtain on kayfabe and wrestling and like mm-hmm. no, it's not it's scripted. It's not real. Like they, we already had George Romero telling us a story about people who were living that lifestyle. Hmm, interesting analogy. Yeah, I would have made I that know, connection because I made it. <laughs> if you care about wrestling, <laughs> you like that sort of I thing. Like that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's one of the things I. That's one of the big takeaways, right? That the, the this this family traveling together and mm-hmm. the, just the relationships between them all and kind of discovering each other. Well, and the roles, the roles that they play, and how eventually, like the youth is going to take. You know, they need to be. The, the baton needs to be passed. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know when you're supposed to do that. And it's it's an analogy not just for, like, these people or for wrestling or whatever, but, like, just how you live, how you live life. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of... 
a lot of shit that's going on in this movie deeper than what I was expecting. I, and, and very progressive for like a 1981 story. Agreed. Like there's, this, there's this whole, um, there's this character who's kind of struggling with his sexuality. Oh, are you talking about Pippin? Is, yeah, Pippin. Yeah. Uh, and has a conversation with, uh, I think, Angie, where she just like flat out asks him and uh-huh. kind of embarrasses But, it, there, but it's a through line. And she's like, you're my best friend. Yeah. And you've never talked to me about this. Like, And, and he's not, at, at no point... Is is he discriminated against by anybody in this film? No, they're when just he comes out curious. And in fact, it's incredibly funny and adorable mm-hmm. when it pays off at the end when the other character is like, <laughs> "When this is all over, can I be your lover? Can I be your lover?" And he's like, "Yes!" Into the and microphone, like, into the microphone, <laughs> and it's you cheer for that. Yeah. It's a it's a great moment. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, that's super rare in movies like this, especially in 1981. They'd have been vilified. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and speaking of villains, there really isn't like a villain in this one. I, I, I oh, was... there's the guy from uh, Miami Vice slash Jurassic Park. Uh, oh, oh, the uh, oh, the sleazy lawyer from Jurassic Park yes. who plays a sleazy agent in this film. Yeah, <laughs> yes. even uh, back in the '70s, he was being typecast. He's typecast, and even then, like he's not like I don't know, he's not despicable. No, he's, he's just, just out for slimy. money. He's yeah. not there to to do any harm. He just wants to make a deal, and he wants to get that cheddar. Yeah. Uh, People made but, a much bigger deal about Renaissance fairs coming into their town <laughs> in 1981. Oh, they yeah. Were, they were like parades were and marching down Main crowds Street. Crowds and <laughs> yes. people were uh, were upset when uh, the show didn't get to finish. Right. And the lawyer guy's like, this is going to be hot. We're going to do this in <laughs> Vegas. I'm like, what? Seems <laughs> a little short-sighted. But, <laughs> although I got to admit, Joe, the first like, 15, 20 minutes of this film where we're kind of introduced to this world and kind of seeing how it all plays out and just the code of honor that they all live by uh-huh. and then seeing them like joust on motorcycles. Like, is this a thing? Can I go somewhere I know, and see right? this? Can we see that instead of going to like we need to bring it back. dinner and tournament? Exactly. I love I'd do the this over like angle. roller derby any day. I was convinced that the motorcycles were because they couldn't afford horses. I think it would have been more of a uh, more of a pain in the ass if they actually had to do <laughs> yeah. horses. It probably less would have been dangerous. Uh, had all the animal wrangling and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's no way they could have done half the stunts they did with horses without harming them. Oh God, no! But, yeah, dude, so many. The motorcycle angle was super fucking fun. Yeah, I dug I it. really liked that, and it added a little. It kind of took the the silliness because ultimately this is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Like Ed Harris is this. Part- <laughs> I don't know about you, but. While I'm watching this movie, I couldn't help but think of uh, role models. If you've seen that with like Ken Jung, where because there's this whole like Renaissance fair uh, reenactment yeah, sort of thing layer. going on there. Layer, that's right. Yeah, lar- l- real life uh, LARPing, right? You know what they call it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What does that stand for again? LARPing. Well, dude, I don't know what layer stands. LARPing is live action role role play. playing. Uh, w- oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. live action role LARP. Play. LARPing. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking there had to be more for the ing. But it's really if you've never seen role models, first of all, hilarious. Yeah, but it's uh, so good. they really do a nice send up of the, those kind of stereotypes. Um, and it's done for laughs there. And I couldn't help but thinking, like, oh, oh are we going to get too far into this? It's hard <laughs> to take seriously, but they do a really good job of. It's it stays sincere because the characters kind of honor this code yeah. inexplicably. I don't know why they've taken an oath and like, and they don't explain it too much. They do explain. They try like, to, you know. Hey, these people started. They were just wanting to be a part of something fun. Yeah, and then we all they know believed, why we do it. They believed in you, and mm-hmm. that's why they follow you. And I'm like, okay, I really wish we knew, yeah. like what the. What the genesis was of this? <laughs> I don't know that I would follow a guy with a motorcycle wearing a, but maybe a helmet the, with feathers on it. Maybe that's in the 17-hour version of the movie. <laughs> but I found myself, by the time it was done, I didn't care. No, you kind of buy into it, right? I totally bought into this movie. And by the time uh, Morgan, our, uh, I guess he's the closest thing to an antagonist well, besides a sleazy prodig- agent. Our prodigal son. There, yes, there you go. By the time he comes back riding that awesome looking... Uh, like uh-huh. That's the only like thing I remember like from the trailers. They like they were from Kiss. 
Yes. <laughs> Kiss meets like Tron. Yeah. Like they were just, these weird like black and white with these white lines. Uh-huh. These streamlined looking motorcycles. Yeah. Badass. And again, like this whole allegory for the King Arthur legend. Yep. Uh, where Morgan, his name no doubt comes from the character Morgana or Morgan Lafray, mm-hmm. uh, who was King Arthur's uh, stepsister or half sister, who he was seduced into making love with, and then had a bastard son named Mordred. Like you could see a lot of that stuff being like played out mm-hmm. in this movie, which was really great. Yeah, the Lancelot character, the Alan character Alan. was Lancelot, mm-hmm. but I and I love how. And I'm skipping way ahead here. I love how, like, at the end, when Ed Harris kind of, like, realizes that there was always something there between the two, mm-hmm. and he lets the Guinevere character, Lynette, he lets her go to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's really cool. The way they played that, they didn't overdo it. It wasn't, uh, yeah, yeah. it was a love triangle. It, it, which would have been wasted. Like, you didn't need the love triangle. However, mm-hmm. there is a point in this movie where things get convoluted. Like, things get a little... High schooly, like yeah, a little over dramatic. I think so too. Where it starts taking itself too seriously, or it gets a little too dark, and that's about the time when Ed Harris gets arrested. Yes, by that deputy sheriff character, yes, who's trying to beat money out of his friend, yeah. and then like brings them. He arrests him and his buddy. They go to jail, and he's like, "This deputy sheriff is beating the Just fuck like, savagely, caving in this guy's head." Poor old guy too. And Ed Harris is like, hold on. And he's like, no. Nah. And then they finally get out. And then there's this like. Wait, wait. What scene are you going to talk about? Are you talking about when Ed Harris is being released? Yeah. Yeah. yeah where yeah. I kind of felt like, mm, that's. A little over the top. That's a little over the top. That's where he's a, just like trying to go at the guy. That's that's, that's justifiable. I'm going to shoot you because I fear yes. for my life. Yes. That's attempted murder. Exactly. <laughs> or making threats. <laughs> you can't make threats to police officers. No, no. Or, I don't care how shitty they are. Or just flat out like. Charge at them numerous times. Like, he had to keep being held back. It was hilarious. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but, but then it turns into Easy Rider for about for about 10 minutes. It turns into Easy Rider. Yes, agreed. Uh, slow and boring, a.k.a. A, a little slow and boring. Mm-hmm. And there was character development being done. But I felt like with everybody split up, it was the least interesting part of the movie for well, me. Well, but that's kind of the that's uh, unfortunately that's where the story was going. It was kind of a oh, the, you know, we're we're breaking the band up and then the band get back together at the end, right? right. And we have one last concert that's in the form of just flat out melee. <laughs> yes, people being maimed and uh, Joe. Every time they so so at the beginning with the cops, like they're you know talking about oh, we're gonna come shut you down. It's, it's not it's not safe. It's dangerous. Oh, we got Merlin. Merlin's a doctor. Merlin's a doctor. Exactly. He'll mend all of our wounds. By the end of this film, I kind of feel like the cops had a point. Yeah. Because every scene where we had uh, one of these events going on, it ends with like a bike going into the crowd and Dude, fucking tearing up some woman. That, that's that scene where the bike hits the lady. Did you did you notice like Merlin calls for a doctor? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Even <laughs> he, he calls even he. for a doctor, and he's supposed to be the doctor. It was beyond his abilities. I liked Brother Blue. Uh, I'd never heard of Brother Blue before. Either. He's so great. I liked him as the Merlin character. Uh, I like very the, mysterious. I like the bits that they have with one another. Again, hearkening back to T. H. White and the Once and Future King, uh, and and the ideals of the King, and so much of that source material that they play off of, where Merlin is teaching, the, well, in this movie Billy, but he's teaching the King Arthur character about life and in all of its stages, you know, and he he's taught he taught Arthur Arthur and in the in the books like Merlin kind of Benjamin Buttons. He, they always talk about That's how right. Merlin lives life in reverse. That's right. 
and he's he's there to teach Arthur at every stage of his life, and that's kind of what the Merlin character in this movie is doing. And they have their speed, their talk about like I had the dream again last night. The Raven's coming to take mm-hmm. me, and we see it play out in this movie. That's right. In a, in a couple of ways, we see it come come to fruition. Uh, but I don't want to go so far as it's another Hansel and Gretel witch hunters, mm. where we hadn't seen it, and we both ended up really loving it. But I really liked this movie yes, a lot. Yes, it was definitely a pleasant surprise uh-huh. and shall be nominated as such for the 2018 Annie Awards yeah. in the pleasant surprise category. But uh, no, man, I agree with you. And I think of all of the films that you could have chosen to uh, kind of send out, uh, I was going to call him Roger. <laughs> George Romero. Roger Romero, dead <laughs> at 70. What did he die? How, how old was 77. he? 77. He was young, wasn't he? He yeah. was 77. Do we know what cause of? I don't, I don't know, man. Old age, man. Probably. 77 is not a bad run. That's a respectable run. That is true. We should all be so lucky. But uh, of all the films we could have chosen, you know, could have any done any of the Night of the Living Dead ones, uh, I think you chose the right one because this one being very appropriate. has the most amount of kind of heart in yeah. it, I feel. Uh-huh. Um, although I would argue of the ones that I've seen, that's kind of the standout. Like the characters aren't these slasher flick tropes, yeah. right, that we have that mm-hmm. we're now kind of self-parodying in movies like Scream and Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Um, they're kind of actual people, they're, and when one real. of them got off, you were like, "Oh shit, that dude just ate it." That was, uh, and that, that's like you said, that that's kind of characteristic of his movies, like in Dawn of the Dead. They're real people, like these. That's that's what makes those movies stand out. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, like these these aren't just characters; they're not just stereotypes. I thought the movie did suffer from just the production quality of movies of that time in 1981. Yeah, like everything was kind of flat. A lot of the sound design was kind of laughable. The sound design, but the score was pretty good. It had a really nice little score. Which yeah. I was humming to myself as I was driving home. I can't remember <laughs> it now, but I was totally humming it to myself. It Return of the Kings itself a little bit. Yes. Uh-huh. Where you've got several endings. You're talking about the false endings, right? I really, I love the final show when Tom Savini comes back and like how no one's angry at each other. They're just thrilled to see everybody again. It's so weird. It's it's weirdly sweet. <laughs> and like Ed Harris... Course, then they all go on to like attempt to murder each other afterwards. But it's it's wrestling. All it's part of the show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and like Ed Harris is just sitting there and he's he's smiling. He's getting like choked up. He's yeah. cheering up at the things that are his, happening. His knights are getting defeated and he's looking at them going, it's okay. He's like, yeah, uh-huh. This is he's great. Come to terms. You did a great job. This is okay. He knows what he's going to do. Now, I was really hoping that he was going to battle Tom Savini. It did seem then, like they were going that direction. And then give up the crown that way. But then I was I found that surprise to be kind of pleasant that they didn't do that. Yeah. Uh and I found myself getting emotional when he finally gave Tom Savini the crown. Oh, you can see I started him. getting goosebumps and stuff. I thought it was really you well played. You can see played. the tears in his eyes when he's yeah. doing that because it means so much more to him than just, you know, it's not, silly role it's playing. It's not just a show. Mm-hmm. You know, this is his life. So that's a great place where they could have ended it. Yeah. Then it goes back. It, it, it Superman twos itself, <laughs> yeah. where where he goes back and he finds the guy that bullied him mm-hmm. and beats the shit out of him this in a restaurant. This is just being thrown around. Which I love it. It's I, one of my favorite scenes. It's it's a cool scene, but at the same time, that logic part of you is like, I don't think you could do that. I think, in yeah. fact, in today's society, any number of people would be calling people the would cops. Be like, back the blue. You shouldn't. This this random knight started yeah. beating the shit out of the deputy sheriff, and, and then put his gun in a fryer. Yes, and all of the people in this fast food restaurant are just like up on their feet, yeah. standing ovation standing at this ovation cop as the cop gets just ice pummeled. creamed on the head and then thrown into a freezer. Yeah, like, yeah, that's attempted murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then, and then like the writing continues, where Ed Harris and the guy who's basically supposed to be the uh, the modern uh, Sir Galahad. Sir Galahad, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're kind of riding, 
And, and then they goes, and then he goes it, to the school, right? He goes to the school, gives the little boy his sword and like belt. Yeah, because this and is then, a kid like, who had come up to him earlier, like wanted an <laughs> autograph. He's like, this is you. And he's like, that's not me. That's, that's not like, me. It's evil Knievel. He's like, I don't do that shit. This isn't performance. This isn't, uh, yeah. what's he say? Yeah, that's not for yeah, show. This, this is, is not a show. game. This is, this is for real. Mm-hmm. And then they did the, the Save the Cat, which makes it so you don't hate Tom Savini, even though he's kind of the character that's like antagonizing things. Mm-hmm. But he tells the kid, he's like, come here. I'll give you an autograph. I'm going to be the next king. You'll be the first one to get it. Like, I'm like, well, that's that's sweet. That's kind of a sweet moment that he has. Uh, but then yeah, Ed Harris tracks this kid down yeah. at a school, g- walks into the classroom. With, in like his knight armor. Where, with a weapon. And blood on it, by the way, we should <laughs> yes. mention. Other, not his, other people's blood on it. <laughs> yes. Can you do that? Can you just walk into not an today. elementary school? Not today. And nobody like try to stop you? Nope. Uh, I would love to just see the scene that led up to that, though, where Ed Harris is in full armor with a sword, and he like, goes to the reception desk, and he's like, I'm looking for a little kid, glasses. You Before that, those? he's in the car, <laughs> out front with a gate. They're trying to call it. No, yeah, I'm supposed to. I'm his father. I, I, okay, fine. You're his father. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I lied. Uh, no, but he gives the kid the sword. Did you notice, though, he like... Pulls the kid's hair. Yeah, very aggressively. <laughs> yes. It was, I'm sure in the script it read like, uh, you know, and then uh, Billy like, the King gently tosses his hair. Tussles his hair. Yes. This turns into like a full-on like donkey punch. <laughs> yes. And then just a hard release. <laughs> I just imagine that little boy crying He's every like, take. We've got to do another two. We've done 15 of these. too hard. <laughs> Uh, drinks out of a hose, gets uh, back on his bike, yep. and rides for another like five minutes. Meanwhile, Galahad's still following in the background. behind him. Mm-hmm. And then, I hate doing this. I hate verbing all these different movies. But then he City of Angels himself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you've seen that Nicholas Cage vehicle, Meg Meg Ryan, Meg Ryan, uh, where he's just riding his bike, and you can see he's starting to lose stamina, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he just starts to he's imagine. Thinking. He, he imagines himself on horseback. Yes, he's on a steed, <laughs> and then just abruptly. We just see footage of a of a semi truck fucking take down and <laughs> motorcycle parts go everywhere. It's so and, shocking. Yeah, it is as like, to be almost comical. It's a little jaw dropping. Where I'm like, I mean, like, I kind of thought that shit. I thought that you know he was gonna veer off the road, right? Like that's the last yeah. thing we see him go down because <laughs> yes. they were like going up an incline. Like maybe he just kind of falls to his I, death. I, nope, I, I did not think he was gonna get by an eighteen wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> and Galahad just stops. He's, He's like, just like, oh shit. Yep. But then it ends in this again. That would be a gr- you could have ended it there. <laughs> Then there's got to see the funeral in the rain of a funeral, mm-hmm. which at first, because it's filmed so like soft, mm-hmm. it almost had a dreamlike quality to it. Mm. So I didn't know if it was real for a bit, and then I'm like, oh, oh, this is real. They're all there. Yeah. Funeral fade to black. Mm-hmm. Could have been the ending. Then they open back up, and it's Tom Savini leading the gang on his motorcycle as, as he rides the up roll. as the credits start to roll. Yeah. Those would have helped the two-hour, 26-minute runtime. Yeah. Agreed. You could could have cut that down a little bit. So we've talked about the story. Let's talk about the characters. Let's talk about our players a little bit more. Yeah, because one character we I don't think we've mentioned yet is uh, the character of Julie. She's a normie, Joe. She's uh, She kind of comes into this. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> she she shows up with her parents. Joe, how old do you think Julie is? Uh, f- forty. <laughs> Just based on how she looks. Oh. <laughs> she looks like she's she looks like she's in her mid mid thirties. Like yeah. She's oh, you think so? Like, yes. I, I thought she played a convincing. Yeah, or at least That's early she, 20s. I, I feel like she's supposed to be I feel like teenager. she's supposed to be 18 because she shows up with her parents. 
Uh, and the first time we see her, her dad, it's almost like a Harry Potter step parents. <laughs> yes, like they're just so fat and and mean. Um, actually, just the uh, just the father, the Dursley. What is it? Is Dursley? The, the Dursleys. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, and uh, she she calls him uh, what she call him like a fat ass. She's like you're an embarrassing fat ass. Yeah, uh, and then slob. immediately begins to uh, sidle up to uh, our Lancelot to Alan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the end of the, we she goes through quite a journey actually yes. because uh, she she starts off as a groupie uh-huh. and we're kind of experiencing this new world through her eyes. Uh, Don't you dare close your eyes! <laughs> uh, and by the end of the movie, Joe, uh, she's become the Yoko of uh, this group. And, she has. Uh, Alan's she's decided it's, it's time to drop her back off at parents' house. Yeah, we just see that one shot of her. <laughs> It's funny. It's a hard cut. It goes from them like hanging out, and she's like, "Isn't there something fun we can do? Like go to a dance or whatever?" And the hard cut to her, her crying, standing at night in front of her parents' house with her bags packed, and mascara just running down her cheeks. Yeah, sorry, got to get them on bikes and ride. Mm-hmm. The dream, the dream's over, Julie. You can't be tied down. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was, I thought that was good. Yeah. It, there, if there is one thing that George Romero lacks, it is subtlety when it leads from like <laughs> one scene to another. His cuts are always pretty harsh. Yeah, uh, no, I but he loves tits. He, he does love tits. A couple pairs of tits in this film. I, I like the, how these characters, like you had said earlier, like they're it's pretty progressive. Not just with the like the gay character, but you had a very positive like female hero in this movie mm-hmm. with Rocky. Yeah. Oh yes, Rocky. I thought that she was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I liked them all. I liked Friar. I liked the the Friar character. I thought that uh, his his complexities were kind of fun. That. He, everybody was like, "Ooh, are you the friar?" He's like, "Oh yes, I'm a man of God." And <laughs> the next thing you know, he's fucking around with a the, chick in the, the truck yeah. with the pizza. Yes, <laughs> like, oh, that's so dis- Joe, really I literally gross. had to do that thing where you like put your hand in front of your eyes, <laughs> but then you just open up a little bit so you can still kind of follow the script. Yeah, uh, none of the conflicts, like none of the things that that stood in our hero's way, ever really felt substantial. No, it was just kind of like almost, I don't want to say a day in the life, but it's yeah. like, uh, here's here are the dramas that go on on a, on a tight-knit group of uh, medieval times Agreed. reenactors. And so I kind of felt like the Tom, uh, the not the Tom Savini character, the character, uh, the lawyer guy, the, the, the oh, yeah. agent. I felt like maybe we didn't need that. That maybe there As was some manufactured was, conflict. Yeah, that there was enough drama, there was enough conflict just among the personalities that we could have let that play out. That maybe, yeah. maybe that character, the Vegas character, kind of reduced it a little bit. Uh, well, otherwise, how do you how do you have them split off? Because Morgan is given that that uh, that you, option. You could have had Morgan just kind of pursue that option. I don't think we ever needed a character to introduce that. I think we could but have then you Morgan just say, "I'm going to Vegas." Then, I hear they're looking for da 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 da. Fair enough, but you then know? you don't have that Goonies scene at the end where we get to rip up the contract in front of. Uh, <laughs> There'll be no signing today, <laughs> today, or any or other day again. Dude, I was rewatching that New Pediment. The Recently, Goonies? Yeah. I thought you hated the Goonies. I, I I do, but it's like a it's like when you burn the roof of your mouth and you can't stop flicking it with your tongue. Okay. No, I don't hate the Goonies. I have a lot of fond memories of enjoying it as a child, but uh, I just thought it didn't hold up. And one of the things I don't think holds up about it is uh, that scene at the end. <laughs> yes. Because n- n- there's been no appraiser, Joe, brought in to uh, examine these rubies We talked and about diamonds. that on the podcast, Yeah, I think. exactly. Everybody really? just kind of takes the Guatemalan nanny's word for <laughs> it. Just, yes. So, oh, yes, like, these are they valuable. They get an appraiser in there, and he's like, 
Uh, yeah, these are these like are, maybe two bucks. You can find these in a Cracker Jack <laughs> box. Like, There's nothing special about them. It's just a bunch of depressed. <laughs> so, oh, no. you got to tape those uh, papers back together. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, the, the the asking price just went down, Walsh. Oh, oh. Down Troy's bucket. <laughs> what, what do you have? Yeah, I'm um, now I'm looking at your notes. <laughs> Yeah, that was Stephen King was the annoying spectator. Oh, yes. That was Stephen King. The reason he was there is because he was collaborating with George Romero on Creepshow. On Creepshow. And Stephen King had written some of that. I just thought it was a dude who looked like Stephen King. I was like, wow, that guy looks oddly enough. Stephen King is definitely one of those guys that got less goofy looking the older he's gotten. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Compared. Okay. I think he still looks pretty goofy. Compared looking. to how he looked in the movie, okay, with that true. right yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. He looks kind of normal. Well, in that it didn't picture. help. He was like speaking with his mouth full, and he's playing this buffoon of a character talking about everything. Oh, everything's fake. Everything's all scripted. While I love Stephen King okay. so much, and getting to meet him was a huge item I got to check off my bucket Big list. Big disclaimer. So great. He should never be cast, even in bit parts. Like, as the Stan Lee, he should not be cast in movies because he is. Like profoundly worse than <laughs> everybody else that are in the films that he gets cast in. Like the, uh, I, I think about like his little bit part he was in in the Stand, the TV movie of the Stand. Oh yes, and he shows up, and I'm like, oh my god, you're so bad, Stephen King. How are you such a bad actor, but such a great fucking writer? Um, yeah, that's. But that was that was Stephen King, uh, and that was that was why he was there. Man, what? I, I don't want to try to squeeze blood from a stone here talking about this movie. Like, it's good. It's, it's a good flick. I recommend it. It's pretty fun. Uh, uh, I'm always so, you know, my favorite um, TV shows and, and movies are ones that uh, kind of focus on on the work family. Mm-hmm. So I like Parks and Rec. So I like Sports Night. Yeah. Um, just kind of the relationships you build with people that you spend eight hours a day with five right. times a week. Right. Um, there's a lot of potential for story there, and especially in this scenario where they're like they're living it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're traveling together. Yeah. Um, and I I enjoyed my time in this world with these characters, I did right? Too. And by the end of it, you kind of like if you watched that last scene standalone without any other context, it would be laughable. It's yeah, It'd be it's, like, it's why goofy. are these grown men riding motorcycles and wearing this armor and they're getting all worked up over this imaginary code? It it begins. It's a little laughable at the beginning. Yeah. But the it the movie does what it's supposed to do. It puts you in this ridiculous situation mm-hmm. in this ridiculous world and because the characters respect it as much as yep, they do believe in it you start to believe in it mm-hmm. and that's that's what we talk about when we're talking about movies and we talk about creating your own science this is along those lines as long as the care as long as the actors and characters take seriously what it is like they're doing mm-hmm. not not over serious but as long as they respect where they are and who they're supposed to be we're going to buy it as an audience we're going to buy it um. All right. So, what else? Do you have any other notes on this? No, man. No? I I recommend it as well. Okay. So, what did Night Riders do right? Uh, again, I think it's that heart. It's got that heart yeah. there. It's it's ultimately good natured. Um, there are some high stakes in here in the sense that you know people could get hurt. Um, people's feelings could get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. poor little Angie. We haven't talked about Angie. The who's Angie. The kind of uh, she's the the grease monkey. She's the grease monkey who's got a thing going with Morgan, but Morgan takes it up with the reporter, right? And then mm-hmm. kind of has to come back to her. And uh, uh, the, but they have they find a way to take that philandering storyline yeah. and still kind of make it sweet in the yes. end, right? And that reaction when she finally comes back to her at the end and then walks away, how she's so like. Giddy like a schoolgirl. Uh-huh. I don't yeah. know. By that time, you know all the characters, and it's it's, it's fun to see them. Right. Um, 
uh, uh, triumph. I, I I agree that this movie has so much heart, so much unexpected heart to it. Uh, and I'm going to go back to what I had just said, that what I think this movie does right is that these characters and these actors that have so much heart and, and there's there's so much... There's, there's so many interesting and, and engaging things going on that they believe it mm-hmm. and they respect it. And that is absolutely what this movie does right. That and, and, and I feel like that's a testament to George Romero that he's able right. to get that just like... Just like the Billy character had the the trust and faith of the people that were with him, mm-hmm. for the most part, to make them follow him on his journey, the fact that George Romero was able to get these actors right. to trust and have faith in him and join him on this journey and believe where they yeah, were. It's not just going to be motorcycle jousting. Exactly. Uh, I think that's, that's I mean, amazing. I, I think that that's exactly what this movie did right. What did it do wrong? Uh, for me, uh, while I do enjoy the motorcycle jousting, the novelty of that, mm-hmm. by the end I was like, okay, let's wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. You start to see kind of the same types of shots. All right, they're jumping over ramps. They're getting hit. Uh, we get it. You know, mm-hmm. we, could, we could cut these down a little bit. Maybe get this running time closer to two yes. hours. Yeah. Uh, but that's a mild complaint. Mm-hmm. How about you? I, uh, I, I, again, I've got to agree with you. Uh, along those same lines, that this movie did not need to be a two and a half hour long movie. Uh, this this whole film could have taken place. Uh, you give it an hour forty five, even an hour fifty, and you would have had a great film. Uh, you could have told the same story, just as engaging. But I agree. You know, some of the uh, some of the fights went on forever. That that is George Romero. It's not mm. exclusive to this movie. I think Dawn of the Dead also runs like two and a half hours. Oh long. yeah, uh, he's. Much like uh, a John Car, much like John Carpenter, he doesn't have a problem with. Uh, it's the equivalent of dead air on the radio. He doesn't have a problem with just letting yes, letting life let unfold, let it breathe a little bit, and that's how George Romero is too. He lets his films breathe, but he lets it breathe a little too much. Uh, What's your favorite George Romero film, uh, dude? It was Dawn of the Dead. Oh. But I think I like this one more. Wow. I really, like, this movie had a pretty profound effect on me. I I liked it a lot. Even, nice. Uh, and, and people could say, like, dude, it was so slow, or it was just the King Arthur legend, like, retold. Yeah, but... but I thought it was really well done. It updated was, and... It, it was interesting. It was engaging. It was fresh for a 1981 movie, and I'm saying it's, it was fresh. I really liked this movie that a lot. Ed Harris' performance uh, really helps, too. Yeah. Really helps kind of ground it. It really does. Uh, really ties the room together. So, yeah. But to, what what the movie did wrong, it, it just it needed to be edited down a little bit still. Even even though Romero lets a film breathe, two hours and 26 minutes is far too long yeah. for something like Don't this. Don't suffocate it. Uh, all right. So if we were going to remake Knight Riders Ooh, today... I got a lot here, Joe. Uh, well... Then I'm going to go through mine quick. Okay. Because you kind of tipped my hand. Uh-oh. Uh, but without even knowing it. Oh, no, I had no Basically, idea. Basically, I recast Knight Riders with mostly the cast and crew from Role Models. Oh, <laughs> oh that's perfect. So my deputy sheriff yes. would be Matt Walsh. Yeah, okay. Uh, Rocky would be Jane Lynch. Of course. Uh, the Merlin character, Craig Robinson. So obviously, <laughs> Craig Robinson was not in the movie, but he was kind of my go-to mm. there. The Lynette character, played by Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Mor- Morgan would be Joe Latrulio. Of course. I love that guy. <laughs> uh, the Julie character, played by Amy Poehler, who, again, wasn't in Role oh, Models. that's right. Yeah. But she's in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> uh, Alan would be Paul Rudd. <laughs> of course. With Billy, also not from Role Models, would be Adam Scott. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I like that scenario. Yes, all directed by David Wayne. 
<laughs> I like that role model. Did David Wayne do role models? David Wayne directed role models. Oh, he I wrote and directed. Models. It is so yeah. fun. It's great. When, it you, when you said role I was like, well, fuck. Okay. Uh, well, you, we actually had a little bit of crossover there because uh, my uh, An- Angie, no, not Angie, Rocky, is also Jane Lynch. Yeah. Because I thought that chick... Uh, Encompassed everything she was, she was brassy So I'm going to start with Pippin He's the uh, the character who turns out to be gay How about Alan Cummings in that role? That, that's a good choice Angie, uh, she's the grease monkey who uh, shacks up with Morgan uh, Angie How about Kate McCucci? You know her uh, she. All right. You want to? You, you want me to do what with you? <laughs> <laughs> she does have a a solo album where she plays guitar and sings songs, um, and it's called "Playing with Makuchi." <laughs> so Kate Makuchi in that role. Uh, the Friar. How about Wallace Shawn from uh, Princess? Oh, Bride? from the Princess Bride. Inconceivable. He yeah, already kind of has that haircut. Uh, You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> My Merlin is going to be a Lawrence Fishburne. I think he's got enough uh, oddities about yeah. him. He's kind of got that mystery. He's into that mojo, that mysterious. Yeah. Uh, for Lynette, is it Lynette or Lynette? The Queen. Lin- Lynette. How about uh, Emily Blunt in that Ooh, role? The new Mary Poppins. An actual uh, Brit. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to do my uh, my Alan and Julie uh, as a duo because, uh, again, just saw Baby Driver. And how about uh, Ansel Elgort? An- Ansel Elgort, that is his name. Yeah. The Baby Driver himself as our Alan. And uh, Lily He's James. also in The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, that's right. There you go. And Lily James as Julie. She's adorable nice. in that. Uh, and then uh, we'll do Morgan. Morgan is our antagonist. Uh huh. The Tom Savini character. Tom Savini. How about Miles Teller? Like it. A little bit of attitude. See him on our motorcycle. And then finally, our Billy the King, the Ed Harris character. Uh, how about Michael Shannon? Who else would have <laughs> oh that God. kind of intensity? Dude, if and you would Michael believe Shannon, that world. Instead of motorcycles, it's all like bikes. <laughs> like yeah, messenger bikes. Messenger bikes. <laughs> and we find out he's Premium not Premium really Night Riders. <laughs> Nice. Mash I up. like that. I like your, re- your recast. You. Who's who's directing it? My director is going to be F. Gary Gray, who I only do because uh, he he knows how to do like action movies. Uh-huh. He's done some of the Fast and the Furious, but he also knows a little bit about family uh, with Friday. Oh, he did Friday? He did Friday. He did... Uh, Gotta get down. Straight out of Compton. Really? Yeah. He's, wow. He's prolific. Very good. All right. Uh, if you have any thoughts about Knight Riders, if you happen to see it, hey, guys, if you haven't seen it and you'd like to check it out, the entire film is on YouTube. You just put in a YouTube search for Knight Riders. But the thing is, it's all one word, K-N-I-G-H-T-R-I-D-E-R-S. Uh, you could look that up and watch the movie at your at your leisure. Uh, and if, then let us know if you have any thoughts about it, if you have thoughts about what we've had to say about it, if there's anything we've overlooked, or if you've got a, uh, any recasting that you'd like to do, mm. let us know about it. Again, on our Facebook page, put in the editing bay in the search bar, and that's where you could find us. Uh, we've also got a website, right, Joel? We do have I a... I had, had a problem with that for a second. We, we, we do have a... We have a, 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 web, a, website. a website. I'll have a... a, 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 a blue <laughs> Christmas. Every year that comes on. Man. See, uh, Mary, would you know, it gets a dial turn, but uh, Porky Pig Blue Christmas, always, always playing on my radio Christmas time. Um, Fascinating. Website is editingbay.com. <laughs> when you go there, you're going to see, um, I've got a new picture section. We're going to have some uh, more recent pictures than just the live show from three years ago up there. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, have a section with uh, our, our archives. Hey, do you have a venue space? Would you like to have a podcast <laughs> perform live? Squat. Uh, let us know, because yeah. we'd love to do another live, live show. show. We just we don't, don't want to pay for it. Yep. <laughs> Who's got a big backyard, eh? Uh, I do. A lot, an ample parking. <laughs> uh, nope. No, no. Can't help you out parking, there. No. 
Go but ahead. What I can help you out with is the Editing Bay uh, website. Editingbay.com. Again, uh, we have links to our social networks, our Facebook page, and also our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Uh, if you're following us on Twitter, you already knew that we had this little switch up. You already know what's going to be uh, on our on our episode next week. Uh, because it's the same movie that, uh, that we were going to do. we were going to do this week, so really no surprise there. But still, get all of our news uh, and help support the show on editingbay.com. Cool. Uh, we would love it if you would leave us a uh, rating and a review on your Apple device. Just tap on that podcast app, uh, put in the search function, the Editing Bay or Next Wave Radio, and that's going to bring up our show. Uh, go ahead and hit that icon, and then leave us a five star rating and a review, please. Uh, and then when you're done, let your friends know about it. Grow this show a little bit. If you have an Android device, you can still subscribe to us through iTunes by using the Podcast Addict and Podcast Republic apps. As Joel said, uh, we're going to get back to regular programming next week mm-hmm. with his pick of the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh, and so we hope that you will join us for that. Jeff, thank you so much, sir. Oh, hey, but before we wrap up, one more quick announcement. Uh-oh. Uh, because we had a contest last week. Uh, oh, shit. We asked for uh, anybody, speaking of Twitter, if you're following us at The Editing Bay, to uh, DM me. Well, I think the, the secret word was uh, simply the name of the episode, Samurai right. Cop. Samurai Cop. And that we would give you uh, one of many uh, download codes where you can, you can download a free movie. Your pick. But then the, the catch is you got to do a quick little mini review. So we, we had a taker this week. We had superfan Michael Daly. Of Did course, we really? <laughs> tweeted me. Outstanding. And uh, of our selection there, uh, he asked uh, for a digital download of Suicide Squad. Oh, God. So uh, hopefully, I'm not sure if that will happen next week, but sometime coming up on a future episode of The Editing Bay, you'll hear a little mini review for Please. Fan Michael Daly of Suicide Squad. Oh, that's great. Looking forward to that. Thank Thanks. you, Michael. Mm-hmm. And guys, uh, go ahead and join us in the Twitterverse and, uh, and send Joel a message, a private message, with the name of this episode, with Knight Riders. But it has to be spelled correctly. That's right. All K-N-I-G-H-T-R-I-D-E-R-S. one word. K N I G H T R I D E R S. Go ahead and shoot him a message. And if you do, you could be chosen. To uh, to get one of these other downloads for one of these other movies, yeah, we'll we, just, we still have the arrival. We've got arrival. We have office Christmas party mm-hmm. and fences and fences. That one might be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know. Maybe somebody's been wanting to see it, and now they get to see it for free. That's right. If you DM me, we'll give you one of these download codes, and then you have to do a review for us. Yeah, we'll just do this every week until uh, we run it. out of codes. Until we run out of them. Um, all right. Well, Jeff, thank you, sir. Yeah. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Uh, George. We're going to miss you, man. Uh, really loved your films. And thank you for this gift, this Night Riders. Uh, did not expect to like this You're one as much. <laughs> I don't know what he sounds oh like. My, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I just assume it. I, I like to think, just judging by the picture you posted, that he sounds like Peter Falk. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. We're glad. <laughs> as you wish. Good night. All and right. Good luck. See you later, buddy. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.